Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 287 for January 27th, 2020. Today's guest is musician and amazing human, S-Wex. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 14 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com, hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron, or email me MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the show. Yay. One thing that just happened, I just, it was on Twitter uh, last night. One of my uh, patrons slash listeners slash amazing person that I just know, uh, David, last night tweeted that he's been listening to the entire podcast from the beginning. And I just want to give a little shout out about that because it, this podcast, like I have a niche audience at best. So when there's someone that really is like, oh my God, I'm going to listen to all these, I'm just blown away. I know there are a couple people like Sean and John who have been listening. It's only a coincidence that their names rhyme from the beginning. Um, and I can like, all like go back and know, you know, that they're around and listening and re- reacting and responding and sending emails, making comments. Um, so that's cool. It's all cool. Like any, <laughs> you're listening today for the first time. I'm super excited about that too. Because I'm not doing a thing that a ton of people are going to be, like, clamoring to listen to. I don't think so. And as much as I think they should be, because I feature amazing artists and my own thoughts and music I like. Um, But, yeah. So, thank you so much for doing that, David. I think it's really cool. And thanks for letting me know that you're doing it. Um, And if anybody else wants to do it, let me know. Um, Something that's important to note is some of the podcasts are no longer in the feed. Like, I've taken them off the website because there were moments that I was a little relaxed about um, copyright issues for music. And I went ahead and just took those down preemptively. Um, just, I, it's, I like to respect those things as an artist. And also, I like to respect the idea of not getting a cease and desist letter from someone. <laughs> so, um, if you do want to go back and listen to the entire catalog... I can just send you a zip with all of them or let you download them. And I think it'd be easier to get them that way. That's what I did with David. Um, there's one missing episode um, in the whole catalog of what are we on? We're on 287. So there are 286 episodes plus like 30 something bonus episodes that you have immediate access to um, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. That's patreon.com slash M I C H A E L H A R R E N. Um, yeah, so I'll just send you a big thing with all of them if you want. Um, and yeah, that's it. I, I, I just I found that really special and moving. Um, I knew it was happening, and I may have even mentioned it on the show, but every time I'm reminded that you're doing that, David, uh, it's just nice. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about, well, I, I've talked about consistency with the podcast, um, and this is actually decent month. I missed one Monday. Um, I'm going to get it rolling. This is like a high priority for me to be consistent and do what I say I'm going to do as an artist. Um, not my forte, if you will. But um, yeah, I, I'm thinking a lot because and uh, I get really stuck with the podcast too, because do you want to hear my more from me or just from the interviews? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. And I should just do the thing that feels like the right thing to do. So that is today talking about 
I, I'm in this place. It's the beginning of the year, and as some of you know, um, I used to work for a podcast called Our Hen House, ourhenhouse.org. It's a great vegan podcast. Um, and just over the course of the last year, I've been sorting things out and thinking about things that maybe weighed on me differently or um, took um, attention that I would like to be putting back toward my work. So over the past year or two, things have come really clear um, uh, mentally and in terms of space. Like I have a dedicated workspace in my new apartment. Um, It's one of those things I've had been thinking about recently. Um, And I'm saying this because I hope there are people that relate and might have things to say about this too. Uh, Those things were like excuses in a way. They were sort of obstacles. But now that I've cleared a lot of these things away, I'm still like, wait... I'm still not making the amount of work <laughs> that I would like to be making. What now? And and it's making me really rethink a lot of things. I had a thought yesterday that I was like, oh, maybe I should just be a teacher. That's it. Like, And I love teaching, especially lately. I've really loved. I teach piano and I do some preschool music classes um, and I teach at a theater school. Like, There's a lot of teaching that I do and I've come to a place where I really, really love it. Um, and I know how to do it, and it's easy, and it just gives me money. <laughs> like People pay me to do this. Unlike my creative work, like this podcast, or um, the zines I make, or the shows I put on, and all this different kind of stuff, I have to figure out a way to fund those things. And a lot of times I'm like, well, why would I even, why am I doing that? You know, it's that, I, and I think I talk about it a lot in the interviews. Anyway, the thing that I came around to was like, oh yeah, I would, okay, maybe I'll just be a teacher. Oh, but I would still make I would still want to make stuff. And it made me realize like, oh, maybe if I take the pressure off of needing it to feel like a career, oh, that's not right either. But you know, like this whole, like, I'm an artist, I'm making stuff thing. Maybe I will go back to having more fun and just enjoy and be excited and um, experiment with these things. Um, And that's one of the things that I loved about my conversation with Aswex, who you'll be hearing later today. Because she feels like a person that's there. We talk a little bit about this, too, which is maybe what triggered this conversation. And what I love so much about this podcast, because it gives me a reason to talk to people about things I may not otherwise. Those are my thoughts about that artist stuff. I would really, really love to hear what you think about that. You can put it in the comments. You can put it on um, my Facebook page. You can send me an email. Any kind of stuff. I'd love to have like more conversation going about this stuff. With that said, the bonus podcast this week that'll go up on Wednesday for patrons will be an extended conversation with SWEX. As you'll hear, we went really deep talking about some things, especially spirituality and creativity and um, her work and why she does it. We went even deeper in the bonus content. So if you're a patron, look for that on Wednesday. Um, And if you're not a patron... Why not become one? <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by my subscribers on Patreon, who, in addition to the warm feeling of knowing they are co-creating with me, they also get lots of perks, zines, in the mail, free downloads, merch discounts, and exclusive Patreon-only podcasts, which I just mentioned. Check out patreon.com slash Michael Heron for more info. I think that's everything. Yeah, I talked about social media, all the different places you can find me, me wrapping it up. Yeah, I don't need to reiterate all these like talking points, so let me just stop right here. I want to play a song from S-Wax. This is her latest single. It's taken from her forthcoming EP that will be released on March 10th. Um, No, sorry, excuse me, March 18th. Uh, The song is called Surrender. And before I move on, I want to also point out, you're going to hear a preview of a song on the bonus content this week. So all the more reason to get on in there. Get in there. 
patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Enough about all that stuff. Let's listen to SWEX. This track is called Surrender, and it will be followed by our interview. That was the latest single from SWEX, Surrender. And joining me now on the podcast for the second time, I'll add, is SWEX. Thanks so much for being on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I always have to like, when this happens, I have to like acknowledge I screwed up. We've done this interview before and um, we're doing it again because uh, uh, I lost the the audio, but it's okay because that was our practice run. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Will you tell me about the song Surrender? Um, Yeah. So the song Surrender was born out of a collaboration with a few of my friends who are theater movement artists. And we got together and we wanted to create a piece about social pressure and societal expectations and roles that we felt pigeonholed into as queer people and femme people and how society kind of imposes control over our bodies and all these very, you know, lighthearted things that we (laughs) want to explore together. Um, And we kind of approached it through movement at first. And so we created a movement vocabulary that expressed each of our own individual experiences and kind of emotional responses to those topics. Um, And then we had a conversation about what each of those movements evoked for us. And then that conversation is really what led into the lyrics that I wrote. And then it just seamlessly gave way to to the melody and kind of this almost drone-like repetition and a, a, a slow transformation from control into liberation. I love hearing like that description of how the song came together. And it's interesting that you sort of joked about the, the topics being lighthearted, but you sort of <laughs> did approach it like maybe lighthearted isn't the best way to describe your approach, but in a in a sort of, it sounds like you approach it in maybe a light and open sort of way to communicate about these things. Does that fit for? for yeah, you? definitely. It was less about like, how do we get to the most serious and like, you know, emotionally challenging parts of ourselves and more of just how can we organically um, and almost playfully um, explore these, these, these topics. And a lot of what ended up coming out was some like inner child stuff too. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it did. It really was a very playful process, even though the subject matter that we were interested in exploring was, you know, pretty, pretty heavy um, and very important to each of us and very um, integral to our daily experiences as we move through the world. Do you think it was the, um, I love these, like, I, this is really fun. Cause like, Hey, I didn't even think about some of this stuff last time we talked. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, do you think approaching it from a movement standpoint was made it a little easier to access that sort of inner child like state? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I think it, it made it so that it was, Um, the creative process was coming from a place of exploration and play and I don't know, movement is sometimes a little bit more free and a little bit less weighted, um, in terms, I mean, obviously different movements can evoke such powerful memories and, and emotions for, for different people. But I, I don't know, there's something about approaching it first from the body and then taking it from the body into language instead of the other way around, because there is a lot more openness and a lot more, I guess, yeah, play that, that is, that is, is free to happen in those, um, explorations. 
Yeah, I'm like I'm just the process of putting the song together like that. Um, I, and I guess because I'm a musician, I'm thinking of the song as being the goal, which maybe wasn't the case. But like, I think I always think about how a lot of these emotions and our interactions with each other as humans and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and maybe I don't want to bring spirituality too much into it, but maybe I do. Like spirituality or whatever <laughs> yeah. that word means to you or whoever's listening. Like we, those type of things exist because it's hard to make words for them. But movement and music really communicate those things. So it's interesting that through movement and music, you found the lyrics to express this stuff. Is that, am I drawing a connection there that maybe doesn't really exist or? No, you know, yes. I mean, no, you're not, that's, it really does exist. And <laughs> the, the, the nature of the lyrics, I mean, it's a, it's, um, it's a kind of unique uh, song in terms of the other songs that I've written, it has a little bit more um, of a almost a surrealist tone in the lyrics as well. Um, and and I think that that was able to also I was able to access that because of the the openness of of the movement exploration too. Um, but yeah, it was kind of we were we were really delving into some some deep kind of embodied um, subject matter that, that I think does enter into this kind of spiritual realm um, that, you know, is only sometimes able to be accessed through the body. I don't know why I hesitate to bring up the word spirituality. I think because <laughs> it's loaded. It, like it's something it that, is. but now I'm like, wait a minute, let's what, like what? Oh God, I'm scared to even say it. What is, what is spirituality like? mean in your world and can you define it i feel like i'm getting really heavy like are we okay yeah (laughs) okay cool (laughs) um that's i mean i think spirituality especially like in um in queer community i think is it is also very um it's very important and also very loaded of course because i think a lot of queer people have um a a lot of, I don't know, oppressive associations with religion and mm-hmm. like religion is a huge source of, of, um, of limitation of, of queer expression, I think for a lot of people and feeling like ostracized and, and kind of isolated. But, and, and I think it is a liberatory practice to like recreate spirituality in a way that calls in, you know, everybody's wholeness. And so for me, spirituality is, um, is really coming together to, I mean, it's a lot about gratitude. It's a lot about community and it's a lot about like tapping into, um, my wholeness and like connecting to my ancestors, um, in a way that allows me to understand who I am, where I come from and like where I need to be going next, I guess. But it doesn't really have as much to do, even though I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish and that does have a complicated place in my identity. I think, um, my Judaism also is very connected to, um, you know, how I feel so deeply connected to, to music as like a healing practice for me. Cause that mm. is my, my, fam- my, my lineage. 
um, and was kind of used as a survival mechanism for my grandfather when he was in the Holocaust and then my mother when she was in an abusive family. And so music is very, very, I think it does serve that kind of spiritual part of me because of my lineage. And so I think also, um, tapping into to that has really allowed me to like fully understand why music is so much a part of me and why I need to have it in my life in such a profound way. I'm so glad I asked that question. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> asking that. <laughs> I like, I, I'm going to have therapy later today. Maybe I'll mention like, I have a problem talking about spirituality, even though I'm really fascinated by it. <laughs> I think, I think it's that like, I don't remember exactly how you put it, but being a queer person growing up, like I grew up in Texas in the eighties. And I, when I was in high school and like becoming aware of the fact that I was gay, I was also in this like small town that was very Baptist and football oriented. And like, Oh, so it, to me, like I did like a very, um, uh, what binary type thing, I guess of like, Oh, so I'm gay. So I don't get to have spirituality or religion, which like it took a long time to unlearn. And it's really, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear that from your perspective too, like, and, and I think it's something we all are challenged with and it's really important to find ways to reconnect with that. Even if spirituality isn't about like a particular religion or a particular like higher power or what have you, like it's important even to like acknowledge that kind of, or I don't think you said like innate wholeness, like we're all already whole. Is that what you think? Yeah, I do think that. And, and it, yeah, it is, it is, um, I think spirituality is like, however, however, each individual person like needs to go about accessing that innate wholeness that, um, I don't know, the world really, um, tells people that they are not innately whole, that they have to like, you know, work towards something to achieve wholeness. But I think it is, both a very deeply spiritual and also like very radically like liberatory practice to just come into each person's innate wholeness, not having to have any one thing to prove that or not having to latch on to any one ideology to, to achieve that. So, yeah. When I operate from that perspective of like, Oh, these things are wrong with me. I need to fix them. It's like a, it's it's a different process. It's not as like a healing feeling process as is to look at like, oh, I'm already the person I need to be. How do I become that? How do I let that out more? I guess. I don't know yes. if those are the best words, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 finding the communities that really enable that 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 self realization. Mm. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my God. As we're talking, I'm like, I'm so glad we're redoing this. Like the previous, yeah. our previous conversation was good, but I think we're getting in some like juicier stuff this time. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. So about your music and your musicianship and just being an artist in general, is this, have you always seen yourself as being a musician and creating things? Well, my, my childhood, I mean, I've always been a singer and I've always been a performer when I was younger it was more um musical theater and like theater oriented but 
I don't know. I, my, my dad is a, is a photographer. And so he has kind of documented my, my development as a performer and which is really cool to look back and see, you know, how I was a performer, even when I was five years old, even if it was just for my family, but I just was this little pipsqueak with this huge voice. I was Uh. so, so loud and I was so unabashed about taking up space with my voice. Um, and so I was always singing. I was always a performer. Um, and then when I kind of started, I was also just so, um, unself-conscious when I was younger. Um, and, and to just like hear how that manifested in the way that I used my voice and then how that shifted once I, I don't know, started to go to high school and become more self-conscious and really like less comfortable in who I was and, um, and, and in my body and how that really manifested in my voice. I was always singing and I was always performing, but just to see who I saw myself to be kind of shifted in the way that I used my voice. Um, and so I like to think like now, and over the past few years, now that I've really, I think, started to re- tap into like my true self as a musician and, and as an artist and as a singer to like f- reclaim this voice that I think was lost a little bit mm-hmm. while, while I um, kind of, you know, hit puberty and started to like hate myself <laughs> and all these things, you know, and just like come into my queerness and all these things that really take a toll on a, on a person. And, but yeah, I mean, I was always performing and I was always, um, for a while performing other people's music. Um, and so, um, it's really just been over the past four years or so that I've started to, um, move away from really kind of like not necessarily hiding behind other people's music and other people's stories, but just not feeling like I had, enough to say or that my voice wasn't like valid enough to like tell my own experiences and like really believe in my own artistic voice instead of using my my gifts as a singer to tell other people's stories now I feel like I'm a more realized version of myself as an artist and as a singer but it really feels like I'm trying to like tap back into that five, six, seven year old self again and re and rediscover that voice that I had before. <laughs> so many of these things I relate to like, like directly, like the, the, I was going to ask you, but you answered it before I asked about like going through adolescence and that hating yourself period, yeah, which I went through as well and really like internalized this whole message that I don't know if it was so much of being like gay meant like, Oh, then this other stuff about me. If, if, like wanting to like make out with guys <laughs> means there's something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with this other stuff too, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and there's this always sort of imposed message on us that doing like creative work is a nice hobby, but don't, don't have too much hope in that. You know, like there was so much of that. It took me decades to get out from under that. And then, and then the process of like, sort of like dipping my toe in there and performing other people's work, or I played the piano for other singers and music directed shows, but I was always behind the scenes. It took even longer to realize like, no, wait a minute. (laughs) 
I want to do it too. I want to do that. And then, and when I was a kid, like it's the same thing. I, there was a time in this pureness and it's kind of interesting that we're talking, we talked about inner children in the beginning of this. I feel like this is getting super like airy fairy and I'm totally <laughs> here for it. Yes. Um, like there, when I was a kid, I did the same thing. I was a little more like, I think a little more subdued than it sounds like you were. And that's not a judgment at all. <laughs> But I was like, I was very into playing like music. So I would do little recitals in my bedroom of like just little like 10 second melodies I'd been able to figure out by ear on this like shitty organ that I had. But it was like, but I was so into it. I loved it. And I have that same feeling a lot of like, okay, how do I get back and let that like pure just love of like making creating things and how I've, I've found ways to get back there. But it's it's a challenge as an adult. It is. It really is a challenge, especially because of everything you're saying, like the the trying to make a a quote unquote living, you know, mm-hmm. doing these doing these things that feel so deeply personal and meaningful. And then like, you know, trying to fit all that in while also having to grapple with like the traditional definitions of what it means to be a successful musician or a successful, you know, person under capitalism, you know, it's just they don't always (laughs) go hand in hand. And it's not it's not really a it's not an industry that encourages really like self-realization and to really be connected with who you truly are as like a an individual and it's it's less about about going inward and it's more trying to you know fit in with something that might you know sell (laughs) or like you know being marketable or whatever you know whatever that means fitting into some some need that exists externally rather than you know, really going inward and seeing like, what, it, what, who am I? And what is it that I want to say? And how do I want to say it? And it doesn't matter if that doesn't necessarily fit with what the market needs right now. But, you know, so it's, it is hard to, you know, want to, to, to devote a lot of time to this and to want to do it in a very, you know, authentic way that feels, you know, fulfilling as an artist while also having to come up against the reality of, you know, making a living and and living in New York City and trying to make ends meet. And, you know, it's it's definitely a challenge and it's not it doesn't lend itself to those deep questions all the time and it gets tiring, you know? Yeah. And the thing that's really uh, I don't know, I'm like, as I'm saying this, I'm like, wait, am I is this a resentment I have or is this a real thing? So I'll just say it. Like there is this, you know, sort of mm, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, when it doesn't happen to me as much since I'm older, like, and I think maybe I've come into my own, like, and calling myself an artist more over the past maybe 10 years, but there's a little sort of like, oh, that's so cute. You're doing art kind of (laughs) thing I get or got from people who have quote unquote real jobs. Yeah. But like, it's also, you know, something that people who have a lot of money sort of use to demonstrate how rich they are by mm-hmm. going to art stuff, like going to the opera, going, you know, by being mm-hmm. consumers of art. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting uh, conflict, contrast, I guess, 
Anyway, I don't know if that means anything. I kind of want to dig deeper in that just on my own. Is that, yeah. Does that resonate with you or does that does that make sense? I'm actually really curious. Like, am I making sense or just finding another reason to like dislike rich people? <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah, no, you're totally making sense. And I think it's also like pretty telling what types are, I guess, like what, uh, what yeah, I guess what types of art um, and like in like what manifestations r- rich people end up you know, spending money on, like, I don't know if rich people will end up spending money on like a, you know, kind of like an indie, um, you know, DIY, you know, which, which still takes so much thought and like resources and time and like, you know, but like that has like a clear radical message like that, that doesn't strike me as the type of art that like rich people would use to demonstrate their status. It's like these very like, you know, entrenched institutions that are already affiliated with status that, um, are also like very, um, the industry itself is like very objectifying and kind of dehumanizing for the artists too. you know, like opera seems like a really challenging industry to be in. And so does musical theater where it's like really hard to, to maintain like your own individual humanity because the, um, the art form has become so commodified and is really like a business model. It's not mm-hmm. really art. It's about the business. And it's like, uh, I, w- I, I was listening to this playwright talk the other day and he was talking about how like one of the main things that he really hates about the way that Broadway is structured is like, it's not, it's not about, okay, let's create pieces that like satisfy all of these needs you know that tell new stories that tell stories that are important that like have a broader social message all these things and if it makes money great but if not you know that's not the objective you communicate a lot on social media uh about social justice and it seems integrated with your work can you talk a little bit about that yeah um well actually i just i just finished this um, week-long workshop that I think is emblematic of the work that I want to continue to do. So I can talk a little bit about that um, if if you want to hear about it. Yeah, I'd love it. Uh, it was this workshop that actually took place at Columbia University. Um, and it was this week-long intensive that gathered artists who are either musicians, um, theater artists, songwriters, composers. Um, and then in the same room, there were formerly incarcerated people, directly impacted people, um, community advocates. And then also in the same room, there were law students, law professors, policymakers. And we were all working together in small collab collaboration groups um, to create performance pieces that directly impact policy through, um, through narrative building and through storytelling. And so like using music and performance to tell stories, to change policy. And there were like really successful things about the workshop and things that, that could have been, you know, better. But I think that that is really what I would love to continue to do with my artistry is to both collaborate with people who have different skill sets and different stories to tell 
to have a, a concrete engagement strategy. And in addition to that, I think music and like the the type of music that I like to make and the things that I like to talk about, which is like personal transformation, social transformation and healing and, you know, queerness and all these things that are very personal to me. I like to use my music to create spaces of healing and queer joy and community building in addition. Um, And I think that those spaces are also just as important. I want to be doing like the change work, but then also the kind of collective healing and celebration and community building as well. Are the pieces going to see like performances outside of the workshop? That is the hope. It's very hard to say um, whether any of the pieces are actually going to see the light of day Um, (laughs) because it was such a quick and intensive process where the first three days we were all just kind of learning about policy, learning about how to enact an engagement strategy, um, who would really be like the most effective people to show these pieces to all these things. And then we really only had like a day to create (laughs) a piece that would have a story artistry and an engagement strategy. And so it was, it felt like more of, of a, of a learning experience about how to create these pieces rather than like, like, I don't know if most of the pieces would actually be usable because we just, we didn't really have all that much time. And I think that the collaboration process probably needed to be refined, but I think it was more about bringing all these people together and then really just starting a conversation about how can we collaborate with people who maybe you would never think to collaborate with and like how can we draw on everybody's assets that are unique and equally important to because we kind of need to be I think it's sometimes easy for I know for me as an artist like I can really have a lot of passion around an issue but like if the story isn't being told to the right people or like there isn't an engagement strategy that accompanies the art itself or there aren't like enough directly impacted people involved in the storytelling then like the art doesn't really do what I want it to do you know yeah oh man (laughs) so many good things to think about because this is the the type of direction I like to go with my work, but this just this last little bit are some things I haven't given, I, I would like to give more thought to. So thanks for sharing that part of what the, what you got out of the workshop, I guess. Yeah. Thank, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, sure. So we got to wrap this up, but before we do, um, I'd love for you to tell the listeners, the listeners, that sounds weird for some reason, um, <laughs> where, where you can be found on the internet. Oh, and I do you have any, and if you have live things coming up soon, let me know about those too. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so on the internet, um, you can find me on Instagram, um, which is at es.wex. So 
s.wex. Um, and you can also find me on Spotify and um, SoundCloud and all iTunes, Apple Music, all of the other major streaming platforms. Um, if you want to follow me on Spotify, that would be amazing. The actual EP is going to be released um, in early, mid-March, um, I think on March 10th. And I'm going to have a live show at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn on March 18th at 8 p.m. Um, I'm typing this so I can make sure I put this on the show notes for this episode at uh, MikeyPod.com. And also, you're going to be performing in my show, although I haven't like given you the exact date yet. <laughs> I'm assuming it works. I think it's April 8th. Um, I Yep, that works for me. I love it. You heard it here live. We've decided. <laughs> Yay! Yay, so yeah. Uh, oh, that- another thing. I am, Before that, I'm releasing one more single um, called Clashing Colors, and that's going to be released on February 14th, actually. Ooh. Valentine's Day. It's a breakup song on Valentine's Day. Perfect day for um, for those people like this. Uh, I I was I spent many many years single. Um, I guess it's so I'm I'm happy even though I'm not now. I'm happy to be <laughs> thinking of people who are single on Valentine's Day because it sucks. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm I'm not single either. But my partner and I are like fuck Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> we actively decide to celebrate each other on every other day. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And then on and then on February 14th it's like fuck you. Yeah, we hate <laughs> each other. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to um an older song of yours called No. You any little You know what? Let's save the description of what the song is about for the bonus podcast, which I hope you're willing to do. I think you are. Um, for my patrons we could talk maybe can you give just a little tidbit about no and then we could talk more about it on the bonus podcast sure well no i wrote um a couple years ago and it is essentially uh a response to um the me too movement and my own personal involvement with it and just my overall frustration with the world (laughs) perfect that sums it up Um, Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Um, Patrons, if you want to hear more, or if anybody wants to hear more from uh, SWEX, it'll be out on Wednesday. Here's No from SWEX. Somehow a thriver We live in
speak my mind is never aligned with my own intelligence. Screaming because my curves welcome unwanted attention, so therefore I cover them. Screaming because my sassiness offends you, so you muzzle my truth because you ain't bold enough to be you. But my lips, my lips were made to pour out honey from within, made to let out my say, made to speak into the darkness and cause it to create. are designed for one race they lift up the ones that need no more lifting and protect the ones that need no more protecting they condemn those most brilliant the ones most resilient the bravest of brave the ones who are told you just have to behave That was No from Eswex featuring Latonya Phipps. Hopefully I got Latonya's name right there. It could be Latonya. My apologies, Latonya, Latonya, if I did that incorrectly. Oh my God, that song is great. Like, I'm, okay, that was a great podcast. Um, You're listening to this. It got released a day late. I was sick yesterday. You know, (laughs) I've, I've been pretty transparent about this sort of challenge I've had lately of, Sticking to my promise of putting this podcast up every Monday, um, I, I had a little shift about it yesterday, and and it made me realize I'm in the habit of not keeping promises to myself. What? And it just feels right. It feels normal to do that because I've been doing it for so long. So that's an interesting awareness, and it'll be interesting to see how that shifts, to realize that I it's important to myself esteem and my creativity to be making promises to myself and keeping them and showing myself that I can do it. What? Is this like a mind-blowing moment for you too? It is for me. So let's see what happens next. Um, If you're a patron, be sure to check out Patreon or you could check in, uh, you could sign into MikeyPod.com with your Patreon credentials and get the bonus podcast as well as like 35 or so other bonus podcasts that are available for you there. Um, This week's is going to have SWEX. Uh, We had another great conversation and we're going to preview her upcoming single. So come on, you're going to want to get in on that. And that's it. I hope you're doing great. 
Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron if you'd like to subscribe um, and help me create it and get free stuff, get more stuff, get groovy stuff, get, and it's time to stop. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>